Welcome to Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about growing your own developers. I'm Ryan Spilkin, and I'm joined today by the ever-effervescent Matthew Stubblefield. Hey, Matthew. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Our special guest today, and he is very special, is Adaptivist Senior Software Engineer and all-around A-plus human being, Johnny Carter. Welcome, Johnny. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure, Johnny. Johnny has helped create the software development intern program here at Adaptivist. And we want to look at that in some depth today. But first, as always, we've got the Thunderbolt round. So the topic of today's Thunderbolt round is, what was your first job and how did that go for you? Uh, My first job was when I was 15 and a half. I worked at McDonald's. I, I got Respect. a work, I, I got a work permit. I went in and I slugged it out, and then um, some labor laws changed, and I could no longer work at McDonald's. So, um, it it was it's an, an interesting experience, right? From seeing the clientele to seeing the management's perspective, which I had no no experience with before, and um, and then having people expect you to hook them up with lots of extra cheeseburgers. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. Just that, like on the side. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt a little like, I, how do you, why? No, that's not right. <laughs> but at the same time, it's so right. So, uh, it, it, it was an interesting experience. Um, and I actually, there was a guy who started right the same time I did. I went back to that McDonald's years later, he was running the show. So there, there is some, something there. So that's it for my Thunderbolt round. Johnny, what about you? Yeah. So, uh, does mowing for grandma count? You like, get paid? I mean, I, well, yes. Easiest money I ever made. Yes. But like my <laughs> first job with like a W2, uh, was delivering prescriptions for the drugstore in my hometown. Hmm. Um, and yeah, because in my hometown there was only one, um, <laughs> that went great. Um, it, it was also easy money, but also just kind of uh, surprisingly cool, very interesting, like people watching thing. Like, you know, you're delivering to a lot of people. You're the only person they see that day. Um, so very, very interesting conversations come out of that. So um, interesting take on the newspaper delivery boy. As, you know, you could deliver newspapers, but instead drugs. Why not prescription drugs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, and there was, uh, I'm sorry, Johnny, go ahead. No, it's okay. I mean, it wasn't like I was, you know, just biking down the street and throwing them out of the basket. (laughs) That's how I'm picturing it. It's like a Nintendo game. No, it's just the sweet little tracker uh, Jeep. There's there's something to be said for that, though, because when you were doing that, it's almost like a Meals on Wheels style service. Hmm. Oh, it was immensely valuable for the the people who used it. Um, Yeah, it was a a big deal. Nice. Um, And I think that was a big reason that uh, the guy who ran the drugstore did it was... I mean, like, more as a service. I don't think there was, like, an upcharge or anything. You see, folks, I told you that Johnny was an A-plus human being. He's a good guy, but he's also overrun his time developing character since a teenager. At least I worked At least I worked for a really good guy. He worked, yeah, he did, he did good <laughs> stuff then. Matthew, what about you? So my first job, I was 13, and I'm surprised by your talk of a work permit, Brian, because, uh, yeah, we did not do that. Uh, <laughs> it was cash, cash paid. I was working at a veterinary clinic and I would go and I would uh, walk the dogs and clean out the kennels and 
scrub and mop and mow the lawn and just sort of anything that a 13 year old could do. I did, which as it turns out was anything but surgery. Um, I, I did just about anything but surgery. I did never, I never assisted with that, thankfully, but, um, I worked there first summer and, uh, then I didn't anymore. Uh, <laughs> and a couple years later, when I was 16, I worked at Kmart and that was like the first W2 job. But yeah, my first work experience, 13 years old at the, uh, country veterinary clinic. But, but when you see a blue light, do you get flashbacks or... No, I, honestly, my time at Kmart was awesome. I loved it. I worked in DIY. I learned how to mix paint and uh, help people with automotive stuff. And uh, it, was, it was pretty good. It was also rough, though, because this was in the age of decline. And while we had the only profitable Kmart in the state of Missouri, uh, there was still one night when the entire staff walked out except for two of us. And two of us ran the entire store till close. So like some good stories out of there, but, but we'll leave that for another day. I'm just going to say that having the claim of the only profitable Kmart in Missouri is a bit of a dubious one. Anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we were, Springfield, man. Right, right. So we, we were young once we needed to get, we needed to get some, some cash in our pockets. We no needed longer, some experience. So we once. found those jobs and now Adaptivist is providing that, opportunity to some budding developers and in a in a perhaps more legitimate form perhaps <laughs> I, I, I would i would even just strike through the perhaps i'd say it's it is <laughs> i mean compared to like the, the man with the his name on the line the cash on the side at the pet clinic feels <laughs> a, just slightly sketchier <laughs> or at least dirtier it's definitely like, it was literally dirty. that's a dirty job yeah i will i mean if you've ever been to the basement at the wharf road office <laughs> I don't know. So you're going to have to muck those pens out. Sorry, guys. I love you. I love for those of you who are actually, I love you guys. Much love. Okay, so why, but let, let's, let's get serious for a moment. Let's why are we having, why, why are we doing this intern program? So there are a lot of reasons for that. Um, the first and probably biggest one is um, we are trying to grow uh, the team of engineers um in particular in script runner and um, broadly just across adaptivist. And this is really just one good organic way to onboard people and have a high degree of confidence that uh, at the end of their time, they're going to know things about the company. Um, you're going to have a pretty good picture of the skills they have. Um, so yeah. Uh, and as it turns out uh, in my experience, um, Student developers can be an immense asset for your team in terms of their productivity. Yeah, we so, were we were tremendously assisted in the um, creation of the script runner training by one of our interns. He really contributed mm -hmm. to the testing of the lab environment and made it a massive impact. So these guys are getting are walking out. You know, even if we decide they're not particularly a good fit to to come into the adaptivist pipeline, they are walking out of the experience with some great experience. They're walking out of the experience with experience. And, and in fact, just as, likely, just as likely on the other side, Ryan, even if they have other opportunities after graduation, um, especially having, uh, in, in my experience, um, a student developer with a CS degree and uh, a good referral from an internship is one of the most employable people on planet Earth. Yeah. So um, it's, 
it, it is it is theoretically possible that at the end we would be like, oh, sorry, this is you know, like thanks for your time. Um, you know, you go look elsewhere. I think it's just as likely that they're going to say, hey, thanks for the opportunity. Bye, guys. Yeah. Peace. <laughs> Our viewers may not know this, viewers, but well, uh, admittedly, they're not viewers. They're viewing, uh, that's true. It's true. Keep me accountable. And it's not live. Uh, and it's not live. But the listeners who will eventually get to enjoy our dulcet tones, uh, you may not know that Ryan, Johnny, and I all worked in higher education. We all worked at a state university. And we care about students. We want to help them be successful. And so like Johnny's saying, even if they're even if they choose to not stay an adaptivist, even if we love them and we want them to stay and they decide to go somewhere else, we're excited about that too. Like we care about investing in people. And so I'm happy we get to provide this opportunity. Yeah. And, and I would, I would just uh, build on that. Um, my experience has been that it's, it's good for me uh, as a developer to be mentoring people um, the way I, I often put it is I learn best when I'm teaching and I really like to learn um, frequently in, in having someone who I have to explain something to, I find I, I gain a deeper understanding of uh, what's actually at work of whether that's of a, a product or some particular piece of technical tooling um, or just a general programming concept. Um, those can be, it, it can be immensely valuable, even as it, it does take time, absolutely, to onboard and trade interns. Um, but I think you you get value out of that uh, as their supervisor, not just in terms of the work they produce, but also in terms of what I think the changes it makes in you as a person managing them. So I want to talk about the onboarding, the bringing them in for, for a moment. But before I get to that, I want to point out that you're also enhancing yourself as a developer by talking to humans. Very impressive. Not, yeah. not common. <laughs> um, yeah. Ryan and I, we're not developers. We don't, we don't really get this. We get each other. Yeah, that's, we get, that's about it. That's about it. Um, and we, we have definitely interfaced with our development team, and, and we have de- delightful characters in there. We have the best developers. But yeah, you, you're all, you Stupendous. all have, you have a reputation uh, for this. So, so the interaction is, is valuable in and of itself. But you mentioned bringing somebody on what rocks do you turn over to find these devs? Right. So I use the tried and true method of uh, local universities. Um, if they don't list their student email address and major publicly, as some of them do, um, in an easily queryable API where you can find uh, every computer science student who's a junior or did senior. You, did you actually write a script to find all the students? Uh, a script is not necessary. It was it was a matter of running a search on the university's website. They have a people search. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, I, I think I did do a little scripting to clean up the results that came back. So it was just give me the email addresses in a flat uh, format that I could paste into um, my inbox, but that okay. was... That was the most coding I did. Um, the other thing is most universities, uh, the other universities I worked with, I just emailed their, uh, the head of their computer science department or someone else who ultimately put me in touch with the right people to say, hey, uh, internally, a lot of um, university programs have like an internship person, a point person that you can contact. If you get to that person, 
you can usually uh, get in touch with a wide array of students. So, so you find the students, you find, you have this list, you've, you've called mm -hmm. a list and you're looking at it and you start contacting them and eventually you have to interview them, right? You have right. to speak with them. What kind of challenges did you have in that process? Yeah. So obviously, you know, you, you cast a wide net and see what you get back. Um, in my experience, timing really affects what you get back. Mm -hmm. If you're emailing at the start of like in January, uh, you're going to get very different responses than if you're emailing in say August, um, or tour, or even mid spring semester when people are starting to look at summer internships, that's another set of people who will respond, uh, in terms of going through the list, um, Typically, uh, the, the bar I set for do you get an interview is a very basic code challenge. Um, typically, what I do is um, both send me a code sample of something you've already written um, and do a basic code challenge in one of the principal languages that you'll be dealing with on the job. So in my case, that was Groovy. I asked them to do the, the traditional FizzBuzz test. Uh, which you may have heard of. Nope. Um, so it's a it's a very simple programming test to say, uh, can you write a program that prints all the numbers from one to around 100, but for every uh, number that is a multiple of three, print fizz. If it's a multiple of five, print buzz. And if it's a multiple of both, print fizz buzz. Oh. Hence the name fizz buzz. Interesting. Um, so it's, it, you know, it's essentially you get to see a few things. Um, one of the big ones I look for is, if they're writing the code sample uh, in a language that they've never worked with, which in our case, a lot of them haven't. Uh, they're computer science students. They've probably seen two programming languages in their life. Um, they will, if they've been deeply engaged with the semantics of the language um, versus if they've, you know, just kind of written a, a standard FizzBuzz and obviously hacked it until it worked. Um, that, that's a subtle thing, um, but it can be a tip that, oh, maybe I really want to talk to this person. Um, and then I'll have a, uh, if they clear that hurdle, um, also they need to send a resume and cover letter. That's just a basic, do you have written communication skills? That's honestly- You need to be able uh, to parse it, right? You need <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. I'm not looking for much beyond that. Okay. Um, if they clear that hurdle, then it's time for an interview, um, a big part of which is going to be a technical challenge. So um, for our particular case, what I'll do is send them the technical challenge in advance. So here it is, um, because our technical challenge kind of deeply interacts with the Atlassian APIs, lots of stuff that I wouldn't expect students to be familiar with, or even to be able to get their development environment set up very easily. Um, when we first started doing this, actually, I uh, sent them the code challenge and just said, okay, here's how to set up the dev environment. and. When I didn't get many responses back, I started asking why, you know, what went wrong and started remembering all the pitfalls I encountered when I started. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is really hard. That took me a whole day to get set up. Um, and this is pretty characteristic of, of when you start a job, uh, getting your development environment set up is a big task. After that, I said, OK, this is silly. I've got a working development environment. Come in. You'll use my laptop. You know what the challenge is. We'll just do that live. So you turn it into a bit of a, an interaction, not just a, a code challenge, but you get to work them in person a little bit. Yes. And this is, this is hugely valuable, actually. Um, what, I, what I would tell them is, I want you to treat this like it's day zero on the job, right? Um, I've given you this assignment. I'm your supervisor, and I'm here for you to ask questions. Um, 
one interesting thing about this is um, it, it's not just a way to separate the sheep from the goats and say, yes, we want to hire you because you're able to do this. And no, we don't. It's also a way to tell you, how does this person work? Mm. Um, so I, I had, had people that I hired uh, who ran the gamut from, they came in, they sat down and they were rapid firing questions as they were coding. Um, so looking for constant feedback versus um, people who came in, they sat down, didn't ask me a single question. Uh, they were going to Google and searching for terms while I sat. Uh, if, if I wanted to guide them, I had to interject um, because, and that's, that is kind of what you'd expect. Standard introverted developer, um, probably prefers to be in their own zone. Coders got a code. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, uh, the people who are talking through the problem clear also are also demonstrating clear understanding. Um, it, it's not necessarily that they don't have any information. This is just part of how they process. And that tells you something about how you're going to manage them hypothetically down the line. Yeah, you got a lot of insight into the user, the um, excuse me, the intern's personality, their um, their work style. This has been going on for a while. Yeah, we've been at it for over six months, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. It's May, so not quite. Um, everybody started, I think, in February. The oh. the interns I have now now adaptive. We, we has- started outlining. Like, how is it going to work and what oh, yeah. the process to be like? So there was a, a whole bit of process before Johnny got to hiring. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, I think I think that's where I'm thinking is that it was building from last yeah, year. We were talking about this at least eight months ago, I would say yeah. now. Okay, so but they haven't been on that long. In the period of time that they have been on, what are some things that you have taken away from this experience? Yeah, um, so one is uh, it's, it's really, I'd say firmly implanted my faith in the uh, utility and worthiness of interns as, uh, as productive employees. Um, having talked to them about other internship programs their peers are doing, um, I know there's a, a, a common theme that uh, they don't really get to work on something real. Mm. <laughs> uh, interns get to do these oddball projects that are, I won't say meaningless, but they don't ever actually see the light of day. Uh, everything but surgery, right? Precisely. Uh, yeah, we've got them doing everything but surgery, pretty much. Now. <laughs> um, but we actually have them doing uh, real support work for for clients, which in art for the script runner product involves a lot of coding. Um, we've got them. Uh, ultimately, the the plan is for them to be doing um, some development projects. Where I, I've kind of got it in mind to do a ship it like event uh, sometime in July. Oh. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, lessons learned. So one, interns are valuable. They do real stuff. Let them do real stuff. Um, second lesson, um, I would say, you know, staging, don't onboard more than two interns at once. Hmm. Uh, it's probably best to have like a rolling program. And that could, you could scale that out if you have more people uh, in your office to onboard them. Um, so, I mean, in my case, we just have Johnny. Yeah, there is there is a whole team of developers across the pond, um, but if you're if you're wanting to onboard someone, they should probably have a dedicated person with them. Uh, I, I can't say a hundred percent because I did go out of the office after a couple of weeks, and interestingly, that was uh, I, I found really helpful um, 
for at least one of my interns in particular, I felt like I came back and they were even more productive. They had clearly like learned a lot just in my absence. Um, you had to get out of the way. I kind of think so. Um, so they're learning groovy, right? They have to learn groovy in order to work in the Atlassian ecosystem. Um, mm-hmm. What else do you think that you are giving them? Right. So I think one of the biggest things is uh, what developers call tooling. So computer science programs generally are going to give them a really good exposure to here's how to write in a programming language. Uh, here are some algorithms. Some theory. Yeah. Um, but in terms of here's how to use this IDE and uh, how to lean on features that seem like kind of fluffy and squishy, like autocomplete and syntax highlighting. Uh, here's how to use the terminal. Uh, here's what build processes are like. Those are widely used tools in the industry that computer science students frequently don't see. Hmm. Um, also, just um, up-and-coming concepts. Not, I mean, at this point, it's almost old, but uh, things like REST endpoints. What does that mean? Um, even non-developers in the industry have heard of these things, but students aren't being taught about them uh, at a lot of universities. So uh, bridging that knowledge gap between theory and industry-wide practice, uh, I think is is hugely valuable um, so that when they theoretically go to an interview, um, they can speak clearly and competently about what these different things are. Maybear saying is that this is really Johnny's show. Like he's just done an awesome job. <sighs> uh, I, I had the idea of we should have interns and then the next thing I knew, I, I turned around and Johnny had written out this whole proposal and a like 18 week schedule. And, uh, you know, how would we recruit and how would we onboard and what would it look like and what would they be doing? And he pitched to the company to champion the whole thing. And it's just been awesome to see. And they're great. I mean, they're here in the office. We get to see them most days. Uh, they don't smell terrible. No, they're wonderful people. I know if I, I think, I think, yeah, very professional. is very good. Um, <laughs> I, Contrary to popular belief, some CS students shower. <laughs> I hope that it's a very positive experience for them, you know, not just in the learning development, but they're getting to work in this office environment and they're getting to be part of the team and see our culture. And, you know, I'm very proud of Adaptivist. I think that we have a wonderful group of people and I hope if they, if they choose not to stay or if it doesn't work out or something, that they carry a bit of that with them to wherever they go. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Johnny, thank you so much for joining us today. Please uh, go ahead and return to whipping the interns. Yes. Ah, yes. <laughs> thank you, guys. So, that reminds me, they haven't had, uh, they haven't had the, the cat of nine tails today. We need to get, get on that. <laughs> so, uh, again, if you are hearing this and you want to be involved with the team at Adaptivist, please visit joinadaptivist.com today. If you want to be on a podcast, listen, we'll let anybody on at this point. If you have a suggestion, <laughs> email us at learn Are you enjoying this podcast? I know I am. But if you are, do us a solid and share a link to this podcast on your favorite social media website. We would really appreciate that. And that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. For Matthew Stubblefield and Johnny Carter, this has been Ryan Spilkin. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. No, we're competitive for internship programs. Um, I mean... Or in a gas station. <laughs>